We take time and we are going through, in the season of Lent, the stories of Jesus that has to do with choices that Jesus made. And so far, we've talked about the fact that he loves and he chose to love. That means he loves you. Amen? Hear that. He loves you. He not only loves you, he forgives you. He chose to forgive. That's a choice that Jesus made, to come into this world, to be the one to offer forgiveness. And today we're going to talk about Jesus chose to heal. Healing is a really multifaceted aspect of our lives. Now, in each of these, you'll notice that as we talk about the things about Jesus, they also have an implication for us. Not only do we personally receive the love, the forgiveness, and the healing, but then we become agents of helping others because we're the body of Christ. So we have the responsibility and the opportunity to help others have healing in their life. The thing is, there are many ways to be sick. We live in a society where people are ill all over the place. We think of being physically sick. Of course, that's one of the ways. There's no question. And we're going to see that in the story that we're looking from Jesus' life this morning. Physical illness is certainly one of them. But people can also be spiritually sick. People can be emotionally sick. People can be in relationships that are sick. I've heard people say, I got out of a sick relationship. Stories of Jesus' healing are absolutely about physical healing, but they're more than just about physical healing. Do you hear that? They're about physical healing, and you'll hear the Gospels, and we'll read the stories, and we'll say, well, Jesus healed somebody who was blind. Jesus healed somebody who had demons. Jesus healed somebody who had passed away, and they came back to life. And in each of these cases, we see that physical thing, but there's also more to it. And if you look at the Gospels, you'll see that that becomes apparent just by looking at a particular story and see what comes before it and what comes after it. So this morning, we're going to look at a guy named Bartimaeus who was healed by Jesus, and he received back his sight. It's interesting, if you look in Mark's Gospel before this story, you see not the need for other people to be healed in their physical sight, but in their spiritual sight, because what you discover is a story of children coming to Jesus and wanting to be with Jesus. And those who are around Jesus kick the kids away. They don't see the right thing. They don't see that Jesus wants to welcome these children, so they're spiritually blind. Following the story that we're looking at this morning, you get Jesus' triumphal entry into the city. And again, there are people who see who Jesus is. They realize that he's the Messiah, but there are others who are spiritually blind because they want to persecute him. They want his death, and they shout eventually, to put him on the cross. So as much as it's a story about physical healing, it's also, we know, about all the different ways that God wants to heal us. Now, can we all agree that everyone needs healing? Every single person needs healing. Do I get an amen? That includes me. That includes you. That includes all of us here. C.S. Lewis one time was asked, how can you go to a church? There's so many sick people there. And he said, yes, there are, because the church is a spiritual health clinic. He says, if I go to the doctor, I expect to have sick people there. If I go to church, I expect the same thing. Well, the truth is, there's illness everywhere. Our world is spiritually sick. 
There's all kinds of emotional problems people have. There's all kinds of relational issues. We have issues of addiction. There's so much illness that takes place in our world. And what we need to hear this morning, if we hear nothing else, is that Jesus is in the healing business. And if you've come this morning with something in your life that needs to be healed, God wants it healed. If you know someone else that is struggling with something, pray for them because God wants healing to take place. That can be physical, but it can be many other ways. So we hear this morning in Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 46, these words. They came to Jericho. That means Jesus and the disciples came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples... And a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the side of the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, and he shouted, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That day, Jesus was with his disciples. They were on their way to Jerusalem. Now, he maybe didn't know it at the time, but this was the end of his ministry because what's going to happen when he gets to Jerusalem? He knows it's something important, and the disciples know it's important, and they know he needs to go there, and when he goes there, he goes to the temple, and that's where he up, turns over the, the tables in the temple. He has a triumphal entry into the city, so they know that something's important going on. Well, they also find out that eventually that is the time when Jesus lays down his life for us. But to the disciples that day, they just knew something important was taking place. They had important things to do. Have you ever been like that? You get focused on something important. I get focused on something important, so much so that we miss what's right in front of us. That's what's going on with the disciples. They're all focused on getting to Jerusalem. But remember, who needs healing? Everyone needs healing. They needed healing in their lives, and there's going to be a person here who's going to be asking for healing who we just heard about. So the disciples were unaware of the need for healing, even though it was something that they needed. And if we are honest, we become like that. You and I get to those points in our life when we become so focused on something in the future that we get our eyes set on that, that we miss what's happening right around us. It may be something in our life that God needs to change or something that God needs to work on but we're focused on something else. I'm fond of saying that if you put one foot in the past and one foot in the future, you miss today. And how many times do we live our lives like that? We think about something that we did wrong. We think about something somebody did to hurt us. We have our minds focused on something from back here, or we're thinking about something out there, all the while right here in our life, right in front of us, God wants to do something today. Or possibly it's with someone else, somebody that we love, somebody that we come in contact with. We're all focused on going somewhere and doing something, and we've got important things to do. And now we're at Market Basket, and we're in the checkout line, and there's somebody who's struggling, and we completely miss it. All the while, we could have stopped and just listened. Hey, is everything okay? Or try this one sometime. Could I have a prayer with you? Is there something you need me to pray for? I'd love to have a prayer with you. I was talking to somebody in Bible study this last week, and they said, you know, I've learned to do that over the years, and only one time ever has somebody told me no. People always say, yeah, I'd love for you to pray for this, because people need healing. Now they're in an unimportant town, little town of Jericho. I call it the Barney, North Dakota of the first century. Now, Barney, North Dakota is a little town about 
seven miles east of where I grew up in the big metropolis of Waynemere, North Dakota, that had a whole 492 people, and Barney boasted about 100 people, and all it was was a place where there was a grain elevator, and so there were some houses that eventually came there, because that's what happens. It's a kind of an unimportant town. Nobody really thinks about going to Barney, North Dakota for their next vacation, even though I guarantee if you did, you could have a great time, because you'd probably be the only person who would be there. That's what's happening this day. They're in a place that seems unimportant, but it's not unimportant because there's a guy who needs healing. See, no place that you and I are is unimportant. There's no unimportant places and there's no unimportant people. Because blind Bartimaeus is there vying for attention. So when you think disciples, think this word, ignore. They ignore him. They want him to go away. When you think Jesus, think healing. Jesus wants to heal. Do we want to be like the disciples, just ignoring what's going on around us? Or do we learn to be present? To understand Jesus' ministry of healing is to understand learning to be present in today, in the moment, with what's going on in the day, what's going on around us, what's going on in our own lives. But far too often, we do the opposite. We become like the disciples and we ignore because Jesus notices everything and everybody and he chooses to heal. That's why Mark is so clear about who this guy is. Unimportant town and a person that's so easy to dismiss because he's a blind, homeless man of the first century. And everybody else is like, let's just keep going, Jesus. We've got important things to do. You've got to get to Jerusalem. And Jesus doesn't see him as an unimportant human being. He sees him as a person of need. Amen? Amen. Do you hear that loud and clear? No one is unimportant to Jesus. If you came here this morning and you feel in your life like you don't matter, guess what? You matter. God created you, and God didn't make mistakes. And if you think there's someone else that you know or someone maybe you have trouble with that they don't matter, guess what? They do matter because God created them too. Maybe he was so wise he has them in your life so that you need to learn to be able to get along with somebody who's different than you because God cares and God creates people. And God created this man, and he was important. We tend to think we don't matter to God. We tend to go through life sometimes and think that, oh, my little needs don't really make any difference. And then we're brought back to blind Bartimaeus, and we said, wait a second. If this guy who just everybody else is just ignored forever, who's blind, who's homeless, in an insignificant town matters, obviously I matter. In this most important game of life that we go through, we need to realize that there are times when we are blind and we're just not seeing the way God sees. We're not seeing it in ourselves and we're not seeing it in other people. And so a lot of understanding Jesus' healing is just learning to be present and just learning to stop and look around wherever we are. And as Americans, we're so busy with so many other things. We're on our phones. We're, we're going different directions. Have you ever gone into a restaurant and look around? Do you guys know what restaurants are? It's a place where people used to go and they would sit down and they would eat. I think they're going to start bringing them back. Amen. You walk in and people can't wait to get their mask off so they can talk to each other. So they take their mask off and they look at their cell phone. Am I wrong? That's what they do. 
We get preoccupied with everything else. Healing is about learning to be present, about having conversations with people, getting to know others, and letting others talk to us so that we start realizing what also needs to be healed in our life. Years ago, I was a junior in high school, and our football team had a chance to go to the state championship that year. But we had to go through another town called Fairmont. We had to beat the Fairmont high school basketball team. Now you've learned three towns in North Dakota, Winemere, Fairmont, and Barney. You might just make it on the next round of Jeopardy. So the Winemere team is playing the Fairmont team at Fairmont. And we're down by, I think, like five points at the end of the game. And the time is running out. And it's third down, and our team is on like the three-yard line, and they do a quarterback sneak, and the quarterback gets tackled. But the game is at the other team's field. So our quarterback pays attention to what's going on, and he jumps up, and he starts calling timeout, and he goes right to the ref and hits timeout because he's paying attention. He's seeing what's in front of him, and the other team's running the clock, and they let the clock run out, the gun goes off, everybody comes rushing out on the field, and we lost the game. But remember our quarterback, senior in high school, kid. But he's paying attention to what's around him. He's paying attention to where it's right in front of him. He goes over to the ref and he says, I called timeout and the ref had seen it. And he said, yes, you did. They cleared the field. It's a great moment in North Dakota sports history, so you've got to get this one right. They replayed it and we won. Do you know how much fun it is to win under those circumstances? Anyhow, our team went on and they won the state championship that year. But here's the point. Doug paid attention to what's right in front of us. We need that skill to understand healing. Because it's not just about being present in a football game. It's being present in life. And being observant to what our needs and our hurts and our pains are that Jesus needs to heal in our life and being able to be honest about it and not so focused on where we're going and what we're doing and everything else that we ignore what's going on in our life, but also to be present with others so that we become a different kind of person. We become Christ followers and we live the life the way that Jesus lived because isn't that our goal? Amen? We want to be more like Jesus. That's why we're Christ followers. So disciples ignore Jesus pays attention, and we start learning to pay attention because that's who Jesus is. I love the story of Bartimaeus. Did I ever tell you about the first time I preached this sermon about Bartimaeus? Not this sermon, but on Bartimaeus. I was in Nicaragua. It has nothing to do with my message, so you can tune this part out if you want. I'm in Nicaragua, and I'm there on a mission trip, and they discover that a pastor's there. Nobody told me this ahead of time, but if you find out that there's a pastor in the congregation, they invite you to preach. So the missionary turns to me and says, they want you to get up and preach. I go, what? She goes, yeah, they want you to do the sermon. I said, for the church service? She goes, yeah. I go, I don't have a sermon ready. She goes, didn't somebody tell you that if you come to Nicaragua and you're an American and you're a pastor, you better be prepared to preach? I said, nobody told me that. She goes, well, good luck. You can go up and preach anyhow. So I get up there, and they read the text, and this is the text that they read. And I think to myself, and I pray, dear Lord, how am I going to do this sermon? And I come up with a strategy. I realize that I speak, he translates. I speak, he translates. So what I did is I just stayed one step ahead of everybody. As that guy was translating, I thought of my next part of my sermon. I got through the whole thing and did a sermon. 
It was a tough moment. Here's the point. That had nothing to do with my sermon. However, we need to learn to be present because everyone needs healing. We need healing. Others need healing. And here's what happens. If we aren't present and we don't recognize that, we learn a basic lesson in life. What doesn't heal gets worse. How many times have we experienced that? In our own physical life, in our own spiritual life, in our own emotional life, or seen it in lives with others. The disciples, remember, they just wanted this guy to go away. Can't do that. The blind Bartimaeus guy was not going to just disappear. But the basic principle in life, and you all know the saying, is you can't just kick the can down the road. But how often do we do that? We think, oh, I'll deal with that later. Oh, I know that I really should take care of that in my life, but I'll deal with that someday. Oh, I know that there's a problem between me and someone else, and we need healing, and I really should call them, and I should really forgive them, or I really should ask them to let's go get a cup of coffee and work things out. I'll deal with that tomorrow. I'll deal with that next week. Jesus wants us to understand that what doesn't heal gets worse. A number of years ago, I bid into an M&M. Now, here's a question. How many of you have ever bid into an M&M? Yeah, come on. Let's raise our hands here. It's not a big deal, right? Well, that day it was a big deal because a little piece of my tooth chipped off. Now, first of all, I had to recognize I was in my 40s and starting to get older. But then I took my tongue and I thought, hmm, I don't really feel anything. I just lost a little piece of tooth. So I did what any good, self-respecting American 40-year-old male does. I said, I'll deal with it later. And I ignored it. Eventually, I go to the dentist. It's I don't know, a couple months later, and I said, oh, by the way, I chipped a tooth, and the dentist said, you should get that taken care of. We should drill it and fix it. And I said, I'll deal with it later. Don't want to deal with it. Now, I'm at a wedding, and the next day, Regina and I are flying home to the Dakotas, and at the wedding, all of a sudden, my tooth just starts aching like crazy. I mean, really, worst toothache I've ever had just flares up so bad that at the end of the wedding, I pronounce the husband and wife by the wrong name. They thought it was funny, which was a good thing. Called the dentist. He puts me on an antibiotic. He says, we can't deal with that now because we got to get this thing calmed down. I said, yeah, but I'm going away. So what I ended up having to do, because I just didn't deal with it the first time, because what happens, what doesn't heal gets what? Worse. I now have a major problem. I go home to North Dakota. I go home. Also, that flight was really painful because I still had the inflammation. I get home. I have to get my, my tooth dealt with. Eventually come back in Rhode Island. I get the cap put on. How often do we do that in life, folks? Not just with physical things, with things in life. We just keep putting it off. I'll just deal with that tomorrow. I'll deal with that next week. But that's not Jesus healing. Jesus healing wants us to deal with the stuff today. Because what doesn't get healed gets worse. Listen to our text. Many rebuked Bartimaeus, verse 48, telling him to be silent. Hey, guy, just go away. Maybe, maybe somebody else will deal with you. But Bartimaeus cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Bartimaeus doesn't just go away. Those who told him to go away didn't know what was going to happen next. He just cried out more because that's what happens. 
If we ignore the problems in our life, the problems in our world, the problems where we need healing, the problems where others are facing struggles, and we just think that, well, we'll deal with it sometime in the future because I've got all this other important stuff to do, it only gets worse. And it becomes like blind Bartimaeus screaming his head off, saying, is nobody going to pay attention to me? Many times we live our lives that way. We want our hurts and pains to go away. We don't want to deal with it because it's uncomfortable. Sometimes we're getting physically sick. We go, I'm not really getting sick. We try to convince ourselves, I'm really, I'm not getting sick. And we just get worse and worse and worse. Sometimes we're spiritually sick and we know there's something that needs to be dealt with, that we need to confess a sin to God. We need to get our hearts right. And we choose not to do it. It becomes our choice. I love Charlie Brown. I was a kid when I read this comic. It's always stuck with me. One time, Charlie Brown and Linus were talking. And Charlie Brown turns to Linus and he says, You know, Linus, I didn't know this about my dad, but he knows how to fix cars. And Linus says, You're kidding. You're dad? And Charlie Brown says, yeah, well, yesterday we were driving down the road and the engine started making a really loud noise. And Linus said, and what did your dad do? And Charlie Brown said, he just turned up the radio and we couldn't hear it anymore. That's not Jesus healing. That's not how Jesus wants us to live our life, to just get more noise or get more distractions. When there's things that need to be healed, when there's things that need to be deal, dealt with, he chooses to heal. It's a choice. And now we get to be part of it by turning with faith and saying, Lord, help me. Maybe I'm afraid to go through this. Maybe this is hard for me to deal with. Maybe there's a decision I need to make. Maybe there's a person I need to be able to talk to. But I know you want healing. Be with me. Help me get through it. It takes courage. It takes faith. What needs to be healed in your life? Maybe it is physical healing. Are you taking it to God in prayer? Are you praying to Jesus every day and saying, Lord, help me through this? What do others say needs to be healed in your life? Are you and I able to be present and listen to when others talk to us so we can hear what others are saying to us? Or, or are we, like the disciples, wanting everything to go away, busy what we're doing, having other people say, you know that you're not really listening here, and we just keep plowing forward because Jesus chooses to what? Heal. Jesus chooses to? I didn't hear it. Heal. That's what he wants. He wants healing. He wants life. He wants our lives to be restored. Don't just ignore things and think they'll go away. That's acting like the disciples, and that's not what it means to be a Christ follower. Because the big point of the text is that Jesus heals. That's what he does. That's what he wants for America. He wants us healed. He wants our political system healed. He wants our businesses healed. He wants our economy healed. If you're a Christian and you're a Christ follower, we're doing what we can to bring about healing and to bring about love and to bring about peace and to bring people together and to work through our difficulties because that's what God calls us to do. And if I go through life and I think all I am is an antagonist just trying to stir stuff up, I'm not reading the Bible very carefully. 
Because my scripture teaches me that my Savior wants me to be in the process of doing the work that God does because we are the body of Christ. And he wants to heal us personally, and he wants it to happen in every area of our life. So our text concludes with these words, verses 49 through the end of 52. Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, take heart, get up. He's calling you. Think of that. The guy finally gets noticed. Even the disciples have to acknowledge that Jesus cares about this guy. And throwing his cloak off, he sprang up and he came to Jesus. I would love to have been there that day. Somebody finally notices Bartimaeus, and he knows it. He just rips his coat off, and he runs over to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, I want to recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight, and he followed Jesus on the way. Let's not forget how Jesus heals. Jesus stopped. Remember, that's part of what we've been talking about this morning, learning to stop and take an honest evaluation and an honest look. Jesus literally stopped and stood still, and he acknowledged that there was a problem here. And then he called him. The word that's used for call is the word phaneo. It means to summon. It's like getting summoned into court. He's saying, I want to hear from you. Come talk to me. Come tell me what's going on in your life. And then Jesus doesn't tell the guy something See, that's what we do when we miss healing so often. We see something that's wrong, and we rush in where angels fear to tread. And we start spouting our thoughts, and that's not what Jesus did. Jesus, Savior of the world. The one who the scripture tells us was there in creation, was the word that spoke creation. And how does Jesus treat the guy? He asks a question. What can I do for you? That's what Jesus asks us. What do you need? What do you need in your life? And that's what he invites us to do with others. Try it. It's amazing. So often when I talk to people and they're going through a struggle, I'll say, what do you need? That's Jesus talking. That's how Jesus brings about healing. He stops. He pays attention. He calls. And he says, how can I help? Then when Bartimaeus is healed, he follows Jesus. When God works healing in our life, let's follow him. Let's realize that that's a call in our life to get to know Jesus more. If you're struggling in an area of your life or there's a person that's having a hard time, are you praying for them? Are you seeking out Jesus? Are you following Jesus? Because that's where healing really takes place. And then we discover that God starts to do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. There's a woman who I know who struggled with spending too much money. Now, I'm sure nobody in here can identify with that. She struggled with spending too much money. She was a shopaholic. I will not call for hands, and you're not telling on yourself, but do any of us know a shopaholic? You may be telling on yourself at that point. And she didn't know what to do about it, and she kept struggling. And one day she talked to her mom, who was a Christian woman, and the, the woman who I knew was an adult at the time, and she said, Mom, I'm really struggling. I just spend too much money, and it's really getting me into trouble. And she said her mom told her to do something. She said, Honey, before you make a purchase, every single time, pray. Bring Jesus into it. Bring Jesus into your shopping. 
She says, that was really simple advice. So she tried it. And she said, my life got better. She said, now the only problem is, when I'm standing at Walmart, I think people think I'm nuts because I literally stand there and say a prayer before every single thing that I buy. But you hear, when we start bringing Jesus and following Christ, we start getting that healing in our life. Because Jesus wants to be part of every part of your life and everything. If you're struggling with something physically, are you praying? Are you earnestly seeking God? Are you bringing it to the Lord in prayer? If you have someone else who has physical problems, are you praying with them and praying for them? If you call them up on the phone and say, hey, can I have a prayer with you? How about other areas of your life? Are you bringing prayer into every area? Wherever you're observing that healing is needed, remember Jesus is in the healing business. And it's not just physical healing, it's in every aspect and every part of our life. We find ourselves this morning in the season of Lent. I'll be talking to the youth a little bit about this later this morning as we get together with the confirmation class, but Lent is a really fascinating season in the church. Years ago, our secular society sort of made, paid more attention to what we did in the church, and over the years, a lot of it has gotten lost. And that's okay, because we don't have to infuse Christian seasons into everyone else, but it's helpful to acknowledge them, because the season of Lent was a time of self-reflection. It was a time of change. But it wasn't just a general time of change. It was actually the time that new believers, if they come to faith in Christ, were asked to spend 40 days to say, am I really following Jesus? So the 40 days leading up to Easter was to be a time of making a decision to know that that decision was really a decision that had caused a change in their life. It was based on Jesus being in the wilderness for 40 days. What's fascinating is today we now know that if you can make a change and you can keep it going for 30 days, you've got a pretty good shot that it's going to work and it's going to be an effective change in your life. But the Christians over the centuries had seemed to figure that out years ago. So I'm inviting you between now and Easter to really look at that. Where do you need healing? Where does somebody else need healing? Where do you need to let go of something in your life? What do you need to trust God for? That is why we have the heart up here. And you don't have to use it this morning, but you certainly are invited to when our service is over. We have little pieces of paper, and we've got pens, and we've got tacks, and we've talked about Jesus choosing to love, to forgive, and to heal. And if there's something in your life that you feel that God needs to heal or something that you'd like to see a change, we invite you just to come and put it on there and tack it to the heart. It's like nailing it to the cross and let it go. Because God wants our lives to be so much better. We settle for so much less as Americans because we get focused on everything else. We look at the next day. We look at the next paycheck. We look at the next vacation. We look at the next place that we're going to. We feel bad about something that happened in the past. And today is about learning to be present with the hurts and the things in our lives and realize that Jesus wants to heal if you want to talk about anything, please always call. Somebody said something to me this morning about time that I've spent with, with them and finding it appropriate and helpful. We have a number of pastors here. I'd love to help you if there's something you're struggling with in your life. Come talk to me. Call me. Text me anytime. Because here's the truth. We are here as a congregation to be followers of Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love and your grace and your goodness. 
We thank you for the compassion of Jesus who saw a man who was struggling when everybody else ignored him and everybody else was busy on their way. But Jesus saw him. And it reminds us that you see us. When we feel like there's something that nobody cares about or everybody else is ignoring, we know that you see what's going on and help us turn to you and turn it over to you and help us trust you and help us get the healing in our lives that we so need. Maybe it's others that we know are struggling. Help us to be prayerful and do our part to reach out and spread your love, your care, your healing touch to others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.